9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And good afternoon. It's been a while. Been putting a lot together for the show. Last time we talked about the midterms, of course. It's been a few weeks. Going to get back into this now. And I got to say that things are definitely, definitely better <laughs> than what I predicted, especially in Georgia. Um, first of all, I want to apologize if my sound sounds a little distant. Um, I'm not in my air quotes studio right now, but I wanted to put out a relevant show, make, dare I say, some, uh, I'll say predictions, but they're actually, what I'd rather say is elections that I'd put my money on, right? So if we're gambling, we look at the odds, we want to win. But when you get into, when you get into midterms, I think, I think you're dealing with an entirely different set of a voting base, right? We've got people that um, are going to show up there, we're not going to exceed 2018 numbers. Um, some of you understandably believe that what possibly happened in some states in 2020 may have already started happening in 2018. That's possible. And what I'm talking about is the ballot game, not votes, right? It's, it's all been about ballots the last couple elections for the Democrats. And they're good at it, whether they're harvesting it door-to-door whether they are um, handling, if you will, ballot boxes, whether they're somehow in any other way getting more ballots into the system. Uh, We saw the examples. That's how this show was started. I stand by a lot of things that I read based on eyewitness sworn testimony or at least sworn affidavits, which comes with the same penalty of perjury if you lie. And, And it's interesting with all of the revenge attempts And successfully so with January 6th, I think a number of people involved in the Capitol riots deserve to be in prison, deserve to be prosecuted, but um, they've totally abandoned the writ of habeas corpus. They've got people still detained, no bail opportunity, and and no charges in some cases that that have been sitting there rotting in a prison cell now for almost two years. And and that's, that's just being punitive. That's how the Democrats are, and we'll talk about that attitude a little bit now. We'll get into the, the, the midterms because I think everything's a factor. I know they do polls, and obviously the economy is leading as far as an issue. And you look at issue polls, Republicans outpace the Democrats. They're almost 60% favored to handle the economy over Democrats. That's a huge problem for, um, for Biden and for the incumbent party, right? We've got the president and both houses of Congress are under Democrat control. So before we even get into what the issues are or how the Democrats have really, really underperformed politically with regard to this midterm, forget that. They're the incumbent party right after a new president has been elected. So historically, they're already in trouble. That's just how it works and probably should be. You know, and because the country does want some kind of balancing, check and balancing effect in the legislative and executive branches. And the last time I can remember in my life or even earlier where an incumbent 
has outperformed and done extremely well with his party in a midterm immediately following. So two years after that incumbent was elected, that would be George W. Bush in the 2002 midterms, which I remember like it was yesterday, because I remember James Carville on CNN literally putting a small trash can over his head. I mean, he, he's always been genuinely a funny guy. And I've always followed Carville. I follow him more now, these older Democrats, because I'm always curious about what the advice they're giving. And that's what he was. I mean, Carville was a Clinton, a Bill Clinton staffer, a key trusted political advisor. If you remember, he's married, his wife's name's Mary, I can't remember, I can't remember her last name, I always struggle with it, but his wife's a staunch Republican. And I think she's still a Trump supporter. So they've always been a very interesting and I think fun relationship. But Carville was devastated. No one expected that. And that was because of the president. And the reason I'm bringing that up, Bush was extremely popular in November of 2002. We'd just taken it to Afghanistan, to the Taliban, right, to Al-Qaeda. Um, and we, you know, he did it well less than a year after 9-11. So he, I mean, Bush was very popular. He was a wartime president. So it, it's an anomaly. It's not something you, you can say, oh, Biden can do it again because the factors are nowhere near what they were in 2002. So that popularity matters. And when you see Biden polling under 40%, now before I talk about polling, and I use that term, I want to qualify the polls that I'm following. Real Clear Politics just did an analysis and released a ranking, okay, a ranking of the best performing pollsters. I'm all about results. I don't care if it's ABC, Fox, doesn't matter. Um, now, all these big news networks, cable or otherwise, they, they use third parties, right? They hire people out. Fox uses Insider Advantage more than they used to. Why? Well, Insider Advantage was ranked number three based on results of 2020 elections, right? Trafalgar Group was number one. Now, that's a Republican pollster. So they're always dismissed and they scare the hell out of the likes of CNN and MSNBC because Robert Trafalgar's... Or, that's the guy who was founded after, Robert Cahaley's. Um, I don't even know what Trafalgar's first name is. I just merged him. Cahaley is the main guy. He's the guy with the the funny mustache and, and very reserved. He looks like a um, sort of a, I don't know, like Spanish, you know, Spanish sea captain throwback. And, um, but he's very reserved, very much about the data. And he was the one of like two pollsters who predicted Trump would win in 2016. That's what put him on the map. And that's how things work. You make a bold prediction like that, you stand by your numbers and you let it ride. So he's he's been reputable ever since. And here he went four years later, when you look at president and Senate battleground states in 2020, Trafalgar is number one. Tied for first is Susquehanna. Third insider advantage for Rasmussen. Then you got UMass Lowell Survey USA rounding out five and six. So those are the polls I'm looking at. I figure if I look at the top five, six, even get in a little bit top eight, and we're talking, this is out of hundreds, okay, then I'm going to like my data and that's how I'm going to bet. So that's what I'm going to use today. I'm going to keep looking. Real Clear Politics is still updating the latest polls. Um, you can just see when you go to their latest polls at Real Clear Politics, looking at Monday, November 7, there's still polling going on and, and it's going to go on the rest of the day, meaning polls that have gone on the last few days. Um, and we'll look at Trafalgar and we'll look at these guys, you see a lot of red in these latest polls. 
Um, definitely over 60%. Now, that's a factor of who's polling. And in this list of, of Monday, November 7th, if University of New Hampshire, who's not ranked by Real Clear Politics at all, they're, not, they're probably not in the top 40 or 50 even, but um, New Hampshire, you know, they have a number of blue polls, but these are all, you know, Maine 2nd District, Maine 1st. And let's tell, let me tell you, Maine 2nd District has the Republican there only up by one or down by one. So the rest of these, you know, they looked at New Hampshire in some of these polls. You're looking at Georgia now. Um, Kemp's pretty much run away with it, and you take the top two. So we'll start with Georgia. You know, Georgia's been, and we'll qualify all these polls here, and and I'm going to tell you, you know, right now, I think, if I were betting, um, first of all, I'd take just about any bet that Kemp would win. So if someone says, you know, let's bet on the governor, Kemp versus Abrams, <clears throat> who do you think is going? I'm going to say Kemp. And they would say, well, you know, how, how sure? I'm saying, I'm sure. I'm as sure as I can get. So I would take 10, you know, 10 to 1. I would, I'd be willing to lose more money <clears throat> than just, you know, I mean, it, it, or just leave a lot of money on the table. I'd be willing to pay somebody if they won 10 times what they bet. I'm so sure I'd get my 100 bucks. Uh, you know, it, there's just no doubt for me on Kemp. Abrams has underperformed every one of these elections. Look at behaviors. If she were close, you know, we see all these public polls. Each of these parties, the Republican and Democrat party, they pay big money, big money for um, inside polling. Right. And these, um, these party based targeted polls are why you're seeing panic on the Democrat side, because I think it's possible that some of these, what they thought would be. I mean, we're not talking these were battleground states that the Democrats are at risk of losing either the governorship or Senate. You know, these were lean Democrat as recent as a month, a month and a half ago. <clears throat> so you've got people now like Obama, Hillary, they got Jill Biden out there. Now they're sending Joe around, but to places that aren't heavily, heavily contested in most parts because he's so predictably bad now, right? Biden is is one of those guys that, is asking, I can hear him in the background, right? Where do where do you need me? Where do you need me, guys? Let's get those sons of bitches. And everyone's looking at each other awkwardly, like, well, we don't want you anywhere. They're, they're not saying it and they can't. So they send, you know, they're sending him to places. I don't think you can read where Biden's going as anything, but look at Obama and look at Hillary Clinton. <clears throat> Hillary Clinton being in New York is a huge indicator. We'll talk about New York next. And we'll work our way east. So look at behaviors. Go back to Georgia. None of these prominent Democrats have stumped in Georgia for Abrams at all. Remember, this was the hero of 2020 for consolidating things, not only for Biden in the presidential election, but she got major credit for getting Warnock and the other the other dude across the, the you know, there were two Senate elections up for grabs. And I don't think anybody, including the Democrats, expected that the Democrats would take both of those Senate runoffs in January following, or was it December? I can't remember. But those two runoffs were huge. And and so Warnock's the first one of those two to be up for true re-election. Because if I remember correctly, that was a special election. That's why it's only two years later. Very popular guy. He's, you know, he's a pastor. He said some crazy things. I think he's extremely 
radical based on his own words. <clears throat> and that typically works against someone, but he's an African-American. He's very, very popular in the city. And they have Walker polling at only 10% of the African-American vote. I don't buy that. And I'll tell you, when you look at the numbers right now, Insider Advantage today released that Walker's up by two. Last time I talked to you guys, I thought the scandals <clears throat> and I thought you know other issues that had already surrounded him. And I think it's, and I'm going to say it now, I think it's racism. It's amazing what Democrats, white liberal Democrats can get away with saying about a black person if that person is conservative or Republican leaning. It's a free pass because they openly, I mean, on live TV, recorded TV, on radio, insult the man's intelligence. They literally say he's just an idiot, right? And you wonder if they're thinking of the N-word when they say it. Don't be surprised how many Democrats do, okay? These are, they look at the African-American vote as a service vote. They expect it. Right, that's how elitist they become. It's why would you vote for anyone else? We gave you everything you have, except they don't want to remember the fact that Republicans were the, the force behind this um, civil rights amendment. Al Gore's dad opposed it, but we'll put that'll be that discussions for another day. They are insanely racist towards that voting population, and and you look at how they talked about Walker. I mean. I, I think a lot of you might not have picked up on it. I didn't at first. And I was like, God, I mean, they, they say things that they just wouldn't, you think they wouldn't say about an African-American, especially the woke party that they supposedly are. And I think that is not caught in the, the polling with the African-American community. If you've never lived in Georgia, haven't spent time there, you have, you know, Herschel Walker is a local hero. University of Georgia star. NFL star, successful businessman, came to alternate fame, you know, national notoriety again when he did so well and was so <clears throat> impressive. Um, one of the best performers on Trump's reality show, and um, you know that this this put him in, in in supporting Trump and being a voice for him put him on the national stage. He's had some issues. I think there have been two accusations of him paying for an abortion. One had come out last time I talked to you, and I was I was worried about the hip, you know, hypocrisy that could demonstrate. But not to spend too much time on Georgia, but it is a, you know, it's a, it could be the state this entire control of the Senate turns on. It could put winning that could put it at fifty one, which might be all we get. I think we're going to do better based on betting. I'm not going to make you know these are predictions if you want to call them that. But I do think Walker holds Georgia. I do think that second accusation that came out from an anonymous woman probably hurt Warnock a little bit. <clears throat> I think it made the Democrats look scared of Walker, right? They're bad-mouthing him. They're coming out and saying, you know, they're trying to make it as well. He supports abortion too. And what it turns out right now, and I think we're all a little bit surprised, I'm not. I knew the abortion issue when Roe v. Wade overturned, I think it was in May or June, <clears throat> I knew it would fizzle because of inflation, because of crime, things like no cash bail, because of the border. These issues just overtook it. Every poll you look at, even the Democrat polls that they publish, has inflation economies, number one, crime a close second. 
those two are dominant. And so you have these white suburban women shifting back to the Republican Party. They're calling them security moms. I think they're going to show up for Walker. I do think a lot of people who vote for Walker don't particularly prefer him personally. But as it is in other states, Georgia is a Senate race more about party control than it is the candidates. And I don't love some of these candidates that have run. Some of them could have done, I think, a bit better. Walker, I don't know who else was on the bench, so I can't say someone else would have been better. I really won't care if he wins. I think he's going to do fine in the Senate. I think he's going to be a great person to look up to for the African-American community. He's going to represent his state extremely well. And let's not forget, we'll close on this. He did an incredible job in the debate. And it looks like um, debates really matter in these midterms. This is not the first time we've seen it. We'll talk about Pennsylvania because I think that debate performance by Fetterman, as opposed to how well Oz did, is why I think Oz and so I bet on, I think Oz has a chance, but it's Pennsylvania. So um, so for Georgia, I think Kemp walks with it. I think Kemp, you know, he's polling at 5 6% over Abrams. I think he's going to land right about that, 5 or 6%. And I think he'll be called as the winner that night. Walker's polling at 2 3 There's a tie in some of them. But you can see the trend. <clears throat> he's definitely gained a ton of ground, and he has the momentum in his way. Um, <clears throat> there is a really good chance he wins. That's who I bet on. So that's a big, big flip in the Senate for Republicans. And um, we'll talk about what to look for too as the night gets on when we close this out. Let's move to Pennsylvania before we get to New York. We'll be a little quicker on this. It's been a nasty race. Um, you know, you probably recall Fetterman, um, the the big blue collar guy. He's giant. God, the man is huge. I don't know if he's how tall he is, but he was at a rally with Biden, and I think Biden's maybe maybe 5'10", you know, probably in, where certain, you know, these guys all want to seem like they're six feet. Uh, none of them really are, <clears throat> really. I mean, it's been a long time since we've had a truly tall president, um, Clinton included. But he's massive, and he's all, you know, it's really strange because this guy's running for the U.S. Senate, and he's wearing a hoodie and jeans or other pants that look like, looks like he's like a giant orderly from a really scary mental health facility. And, and so the poor man had a, a significant stroke a few months back. It was right before the primary. He still won, but he's obviously recovering. And I, I, I think in hindsight, the Democrats would probably think it would have been better had he not done the debate. But then again, he had to because no matter what they said, it would have been assumed that he wasn't healthy to debate, and, and we'd be pretty much in the same place where we are now. <clears throat> so he goes out and debates, and he's just a mess. He's wearing a, reading a teleprompter, yeah, and there's the Democrats have been really desperate on this one, and, and if you're a human being, you get very uncomfortable and, and rather sad watching him struggle. Yeah, I mean, the guy is, a, is very radical. As a mayor, you know, he chased some poor black guy out of his neighborhood who was a jogger. He had a shotgun. He's portrayed himself as this blue-collar fighter, like this boxer guy. They even did this commercial recently, which I think was a great idea, in Pennsylvania, in Pittsburgh. Um, it was basically a redo of the old Coke commercial. Uh, was it Mean Joe Green, the Steelers? Guys, some sports people are going to kill me. I think it was. 
where he's walking beat. Like this guy just put in a hell of a game. They won, but he, he's walking down the, the, the hallway from the field. Kid comes up and offers him a Coke. They have this cool interaction. So they, they had the idea to redo that commercial for Fetterman. I think it was a great idea. I think, I mean, they had the kid was adorable. He was wearing a Steelers jersey. And it just came, it just came across as a little desperate. Also showing him walking tired was a bad move for him in particular, just based on the health issues. And he bombed. He bombed the debate. And Oz was nice. You know, Oz Oz was pretty mad, and I agreed with him on this, when his people, his campaign people, went on the attack on Fetterman's health. And they really didn't need to, and it might have hurt them for a little while. Luckily, that was well over a month ago. I think they've recovered it, and they backed off. Oz took over that, and he said, you know, I don't think he fired anybody. I don't remember that. If they, he did, it wasn't like anybody in the leadership of his campaign. But I think Oz, you know, he's polling in the plus one, plus two range. Now, it's Pennsylvania. I think he has to has to have a 2% plus victory to actually win. When I mean, because it's Pennsylvania. It's the one state that I don't trust. They never got any, legis- or, um, any election reform passed because they have a Democrat, a very popular Democratic governor. Whereas, you know, Arizona and Georgia did. And I think that's another factor. One thing about Abrams, it's amazing how she was so close a few years ago. I actually thought she, she talked about it like she won. And she's getting slaughtered slaughtered just less than two years after she was one of the most popular Democrats in the country. It's amazing what a little bit of legality in an election will do in favor of Republicans because there's voter ID laws now. There's not so many ways to just get ballots out there. And all of a sudden, she's worried. Well, they're not just worried. I think it's lost. And I'm curious because if there's a slaughter possibility, Kemp over Abrams is one of them. Going back to Pennsylvania, I think, I, I think, I'm, I'm going to say this, as a betting person, I would put money on Oz, but I wouldn't take any odds, meaning like Kemp, I'm not that sure. Not because I don't think, I think he's going to get the most votes, but I think Pennsylvania is a cheating son of a bitch state. And when you look at the guys at Trafalgar and Insider Advantage, the top one and three polls out of all of them, according to Real Clear Politics, both of those guys were interviewed on Fox. And their polls look very strong for Oz, right? And they both said, we can't, we, we got to call it a toss-up at best because it's Pennsylvania. These guys know. It's sad. It's pathetic. I anticipate Pennsylvania um, will, will, it will be a disaster trying to find the results and get things counted. Lawyers are going to descend on that state like Florida in 2000, they've already come out. It's, it's embarrassing. Pennsylvania's already said we, we won't be done counting for a couple of days, whereas Florida with more voters will be done that evening. So there's built-in corruption based on the system in the party that controls the biggest voting base counties in Pennsylvania, like Pittsburgh and uh, Philadelphia. That's the Democrats. If it's close, if it's a close win by Oz, by the numbers, Fetterman will be your senator. Prepare yourself for it. So as much as I want <clears throat> I want to put that one red, I'm putting it as a toss-up. I gotta say there's gotta I say I'm betting on Oz based on Trafalgar and Insider Advantage. I won't go against their polls, but I wouldn't bet a lot of money. And if you're putting this up on the scoreboard, I recommend you count this as blue. Don't don't put it in a number where we need this to get to fifty-one. 
because I think we can I think we can win Arizona as well, and I think there could be a surprise on the night like a New Hampshire. So Pennsylvania is corrupt. I don't know when it will get fixed. Republicans are at a disadvantage in everything from press coverage to all the way to ballot counting. And it's not about votes and people's votes. It's about ballots with the Democrats, and they will find a way if it's close. If it's one of those five, six, seven thousand margins in favor of Oz, forget about it. Forget about it, because they'll be bringing ballots in up to forty-eight, maybe seventy-two hours later. Like physically bringing in ballots, like the trash cans from twenty twenty. They can make up for that. If he's if Oz is in the fifteen thousand plus range. Right, we get over that. We we get into fifteen, sixteen thousand plus. They can't do it. I don't think it, it'll be extremely hard. Remember, the one thing I'll make you feel better about this: it's not COVID anymore. There will be no issues for Republican observers to get into the counting check. And already they've got a date issue with mail-in ballots, and the Supreme Court put it aside. But there's already a few thousand ballots that are going to be questioned and reviewed. God help us all if. There's 7,000 of those <clears throat> mail-in ballots in the margins anywhere under that. Or if it's like close, we're talking three or 4,000. <clears> those seven, you know, it better be that there better be a lead for Oz going into counting those 7,000 because they're mail-in ballots. Even if they're all legitimate, it's going to favor Democrats. And um, we don't, we hope we don't count on those because it'll go to the Supreme Court. We do not, the country does not need the Pennsylvania Senate election going to the Supreme Court. So put that one as purple. Don't put it as red. And if you really want to, you really want to hedge your bets a little bit, put it as blue. I don't care that it's close. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say I'm betting on Oz, but on the scoreboard, I don't want to need Pennsylvania. And it's sad because we might. Um, moving to New York, there's no Senate race that people are following, but a major governor's race. Lee Zeldin is starting to really outpace this Hanuk, what, what, this gal, the one that re- replaced good old Cuomo. People have already forgotten why she's there. She was the lieutenant governor. Cuomo had to step down and shame. And now we've got um, uh, now now we've got uh, this this woman who basically followed the Whitmer, you know, Michigan playbook as a female governor, um, and very strict on COVID, ignored the crime issue. You have MSNBC anchors. I watched an interview with her, this young lady at MSNBC, very liberal. can't remember her name. She's not one of the big names, but she grilled this candidate, grilled her over what it's like in New York City. The only way Zeldin wins, he's really close. Um, I'd actually bet on him. I feel pretty good about it. I do. I think think this is an election where you're going to see – a, a guy that people like when he speaks, he's talking about what he wants to do. He's going to immediately, as soon as he can, replace the attorney general for the state of New York and anybody he can who was behind bail reform, right? This no cash bail thing. You've had two major nationally publicized crimes that involved scumbags that had just been released after committing a violent felony and getting a court date. It wasn't like the charges were dropped. This whole bail thing has been a disaster. It led to the recall of the San Francisco attorney general, right? These are these Soros-funded guys that came in for this reform. This is why Fetterman has some issues. He was all for it. 
as lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania. Now you've got New York and you've got, you know, I think New York is one of those Bradley effect polls. And it's crazy because when you look at the latest polling and there hasn't been, it's been a couple days since they've polled New York, right? But Zeldin is either tied or within the margin of error. And I don't know when the last time Trafalgar has polled New York, but I'm telling you, um, there is there is a, an effect where we've talked about it before. People are polling different than how they're going to vote because they're in places like Manhattan. Then they have to exist, right? I mean, the, the Democrats are vengeful, vengeful people. They're nasty. Disagreeing with them right now is being anti-democracy, right? That's what they're saying. And I want to talk about behaviors after we go through the states. But New York, I'm going to put Zeldin in there. I'd bet on him. It's not not a Senate race, but a major, major shift that's going to affect the rest of the country. It's one of the, I mean, it's arguably the most powerful state in the union. Just as far as influence and money, you got Wall Street. I mean, this is where the Southern District is trying to prosecute Donald Trump on nothing. That's how liberal the state is, especially the city. If Zeldin picks up 7, 8, 10%, flips that in the Manhattan area, in the Bronx, right, in AOC's backyard, he's going to do well in upstate New York where Republicans always do fine. He's, I, I imagine he's going to outperform any Republican in that part of upstate New York, even Trump 2016. He didn't win the state, but Trump did pretty damn well in the bluest of blue states in some counties like upstate New York, um, you know, areas. So Zeldin has tremendous momentum. Um, It's the, one of the bluest states though. And, you know, you got a female Lieutenant governor who is automatically, if she's being questioned, she's a victim. And you've got abortion on the on the on the ballot, right? I mean, people know that they think they think, you know, they're talking about this being the end of women's rights as we know it. So, you know, it's 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 amazing that it's a toss up, but who cares if we lose, right? I mean, so I think Zeldin's going to pull it. I do. Um, I'm going to put my money on him, and I'm I'm going to and that's going to be that's going to be massive. It's not the end of the world if we don't, but it would be really really nice for the state of New York. They need it. Because this reporter talking to this candidate, this lieutenant governor, was absolutely beside herself and telling her, like, what do you, you know, why haven't you messaged about what you could do? We don't feel safe in this city. When people don't feel safe, they become unpredictable. So I don't think the Democrats are comfortable counting on that vote. And if you look at where Hillary Clinton's been, it's, it's incredible that almost on the eve of a midterm, she's campaigning in New York. And out there doing the typical Hillary stuff, lecturing everybody on how dare you not vote for us. How dare you not vote for anyone I support because you are literally anti-American. You're literally a fascist. And they, they can't help themselves. They're in full panic mode. You've seen this. You don't need me to tell that. They're freaking out. And, and they've all aligned. The message went out from the DNC. We are so – and I think this is the, <clears throat> the inside polling. Um, I think they are um, – are, are doing worse than what we're seeing. 
for them to get out there and say, oh my God, we've got a campaign. And, you know, they're going on defense. There, there's no Democrat going into Georgia, Florida. Geez, I, do I talk about Florida? I think Rubio is going to win by six at a minimum, possibly 8%. That was one of those battlegrounds people still talk about, or at least the left does. I don't think Florida is a battleground state right now. Anything can change. Um, you forget that DeSantis is up for re-election. Um, you know, so we'll close out. Let's close out Pennsylvania or New York. Zeldin with the W. It's going to be close. I think. I think New York runs a better election, and and I think. I think the momentum's his way. Who knows? Florida's going to be a solid Republican win. Uh, Rubio's going to hold his seat. They put a lot of money into that one earlier. The lady he's running against is extremely liberal. They again, Democrats. They saw a black female and they thought perfect. They pulled a Kamala again, and I think she's a dead personality-wise. She has no animal magnetism, as um, as uh, Dinesh D'Souza says. Neither neither does Rubio really, and DeSantis has less. That's going to be his problem on the national stage if he has one. I think he's going to be going to perform well. I do not like what Trump said about him. I thought that was unnecessary when he talked about Ronda Sanctimonious at that rally in Latrobe, PA. I'm, I guess I'm glad they did a Trump rally. I just, you know, with New Hampshire and the Northeast, you know, New Hampshire being contested for Republicans, I don't know if we needed it. Um, but I'm sure they saw things about Latrobe and these rural counties of Pennsylvania that thought, well, we're already doing well. Every vote counts. Let's see. Let's go out there and see if we can change a little bit in our favor. Maybe it's independence. Maybe we want to just another boost for turnout. Trump's really good at that. Trump does better than Biden when it comes to campaign. I mean, not Biden, Obama. Obama has a terrible record when you look at results of stumping for other Democrats. He's incredible campaigning for himself, but he's in that angry mode. He's getting fired up and he's forgetting that this is not the job of a community organizer right now in Chicago. You're in places like New York. Um, he was in Arizona and he's hammering at people. And I just don't know if, if Obama is going to help them. He, he's the master. They was like, oh, they're going to their, their big gun. If you look at his record, I mean, he got slaughtered in 2010 and is an incumbent president. And ever since then, the people that he goes to help, the people that are close, they lose. Trump does better. So I get it on paper. There's just no need to hammer DeSantis. There's this discussion that DeSantis has been, not discussion, I think it's a fact, talking to the likes of Paul Ryan and other rhinos about how to get Trump out of the primary. I don't know why they bother because they're not going to do it. And that's a show for another time. I'm not saying yes or no to supporting Trump running again. Of course, I'd vote for him. And I'd love to see what the reaction of the other side. But I think Donald Trump is one of the most impactful turnout presidential candidates. Unfortunately, he's just as effective for his opponent. Got a ton of votes, but you know, even, even without spotty cheating and BS, tons and tons of people voted for Biden. I mean, he slaughtered Trump in the popular vote, slaughtered him. And I don't think Biden's running again, but I don't think it matters. So I'm a little weary of that. I think it was stupid, but DeSantis is going to win by a landslide. People are loving him in Florida, and um, you know we can we can put that one aside. New Hampshire is really fun to talk about. Um, I'm I'm super excited that uh, we are. They're going to bring their security locking me here. There we go on real clear, clear politics. But if we look at um, New Hampshire, I'm going to click on 
Politico here. They had a good little map thing. In some of these races, they've updated predictions. I mean, they, they've moved, Political and others have moved this from a lean Democrat to a toss-up. Now, this was back in April. It was lean Democrat. And New Hampshire is always a funny one and favors Republicans, surprisingly so, because it's in the deep, dark part of the, you know, dark blue part of the Northeast. And so you have a, a district there that pulls Republican. Sometimes you have, you know, um, electoral college wins for Republicans, including Trump in 2016. Um, he's extremely popular in parts of New Hampshire, Trump is. And they've got, I think, a really good um, challenger. First of all, Sununu, the governor, is going to mop the floor. And then um, Don Bolduc, uh, B-O-L-D-U-C, he's, he's pretty hard right. Um, and, you know, there's arguments that, um, and I'm glad they picked, you know, in the primary, he went against a guy named Chuck Morse, or Morsey. Morsey's a moderate Republican. Um, I don't think you need that in New Hampshire. It's not Connecticut, okay, where occasionally they've had Republican governors, moderate guys. Um, you know, Pataki's pretty moderate, the, the famous governor of New York. And Baldock is a Trumper, right? He's, he's a hard conservative. And for data purposes and for the indication of where the country is going, I'm glad he's running. And I'm glad I'm seeing him trend very close in this election where you have Politico and others now are like, shoot, it's a toss up. Now, the only thing is I, you know, this is the Senate. So the size of the state doesn't matter. I have not seen, and I guess I didn't look if any big Democrats um, have campaigned um, in New Hampshire in recent days. I, I don't know. Um, I'm going to look now, bear with me, campaign New Hampshire, because that to me, that to me is the ultimate indicator, behaviors. Where are people going and why? Um, if, if it's close, truly close, um, then the, somebody big on the Democrat side should be there, right? And I'm not seeing anybody, you know, they're – They've had people for the 2024, they had the New Hampshire primary stuff going on, getting ready for 2024. Um, you know, CNN has, I mean, everybody thinks New Hampshire is a possible Republican surprise. But these these internal polls, if they were showing Bullduck leading, then Hillary would be there. I'd say her for sure, because of her being, having been the senator of New, senator of New York. Um, Democrats have been flooding it with funds. This has seemed winnable since August and has become more winnable every day since, especially the more Biden talks with inflation. Um, I don't know, man. I'm, it's not one I'm going to count. I'm, I'm going to say it's still going to go Democrat. I'm not going to bet on it, but I think we're, we're within the margin of error. I think we're close. Now, there's another side to this. Maybe the internal polls show that Bolduc has this thing locked. It's happened before. You have a Republican candidate in public polls down by two or three, and the internal polls have that Republican 6.7 points better than that, up three or four. So why is that? We know there's general bias against Republicans in polls. They poll younger people. 
Um, they, it's again, the Bradley effect is always there. No, no one's afraid. No one's afraid of saying they're voting for a Democrat in these swing or light blue states. People are nervous about telling someone over the phone they're voting for someone like Donald Trump, the stranger they don't know, and they don't want something thrown at their house. We've had a congressional candidate recently have his parents shot at. Lee Zeldin was attacked with a knife. Um, sparsely covered stuff. If you're not watching, if you're not watching Fox, you don't hear about it. So New Hampshire, Baldock's got a really good shot. Um, maybe it's a toss-up. I'm I'm gonna say again, we we can't need New Hampshire. We don't want to be in the position to need it. It could be an offset for losing Pennsylvania. They could go in different directions. Um, we could win both. Um, I would need someone to give me odds in my favor. If you gave me five to one or even two, three to one in favor, I'll take Baldick. I put a hundred down to win three hundred. I think it's very winnable, and it's going to be a fun one to watch because they're going to have results in pretty quick. It's a small state. So pay attention to New Hampshire, um, and we will certainly be talking about that one. I'll do. I'll definitely do a show next week following all of this up um, because I think um, I think that's one that's going to be close and talked about no matter what. So we're looking at toss-up states. By the way, um, North Carolina with Bud, Ohio with J.D. Vance for the Senate, those two. North Carolina's red, which is great to see because that was another one you know, Obama's won that state, um, and uh, I can't remember if Biden did or not. I think I don't think he did this go around. I think North Carolina has been going back to being more red as it is, and um, that was you know they wanted that. The Democrats wanted that to be a toss up. They have it as lean GOP instead of likely. Ohio is likely. Trafalgar and Insider Advantage have it as a lock um, for JD Vance. And his, he's running against a guy, Tim, Tim Adams. Tim, this guy's a milk toast liberal, um, throwing out Hail Marys, you know, racist, bigot, homophobe stuff. You know he's losing. When the Democrats locally are screaming stuff like that, you know they're possibly more than five points behind in their own polls. I think J.D. Vance, if the night goes the way I hope it goes, like, for instance, if we win, and we'll, i got to remember at the end of the show, i got it in note here to talk about the three congressional races um, for House of Representatives in Virginia that will close early in the night tomorrow. Those are the ones to watch. Republicans should take two of three. There's one with a Republican candidate, Asian guy named Hung. He's, be- he's behind four, sometimes five points in the polls. He's in a tough district for a Republican, but people think he might pull a surprise. If we, were to, if we win, if Republicans win those three in Virginia, Early in the night, we've got a slaughter on our hands, and I think that puts places like New Hampshire and even like a Washington in Republican territory because they're really good um, indicators, right, uh, for where the country's going. Those three districts in Virginia are different types of places. you got Virginia Beach versus Fairfax, um, you know, areas that are close to D.C. So those three are really going to give you an idea. If Republicans win all three, if Hung wins, then it's going to be a fun night. Start, you can start popping champagne already because I guarantee we take the Senate. At that point, it's just by how much. That's the bellwether right there. If those three districts in Virginia, they're the three that are being contested for the House of Representatives. They're going to tell us everything. And keep in mind, just a year ago, our guy won the governorship there. Um, I wasn't going to talk about him. I'm not going to. 
forgot his name already. You'll come to me, but we, we know Virginia, we know the lean. So that would be something that could happen. Um, let's talk about Arizona massive. Mark Kelly's popular. Mr. Astronaut doesn't, he could be, he acts moderate. He's not a super liberal guy, more liberal than, um, the very attractive, um, Democrat Senator. I mean, Arizona's got two Democratic senators, right? And I think that favors Masters. Masters is awesome. If you haven't had a chance to see him speak, this is a businessman. This is like a, this is basically a young Donald Trump, just a little bit, a little bit less nerve wracking, right? Masters is not likely to say something crazy and throw off or make something that's an easy win more difficult on himself. And Trump does that. Trump does not walk away from a fight. Loves loves it. That's what he does. He loves getting into it. I'm not going to say it hurts him. Sometimes I think it hurts other candidates, whereas Masters is a guy that's come on extremely strong. It is definitely a toss-up in Arizona. Watch Maricopa County. That's where Phoenix is. That was the county that put Biden over the edge. There were some accusations there. I'm significantly less sure that something shady went on in Maricopa County. I follow a couple guys that do local polling or really local ballot politics in Arizona. Um, they're both Democrats, but these aren't, they're not hardcore liberals. I mean, they're members of the press. So odds are they're going to be Democrats and they're very, very good about reading data for what it is. And um, I, I think these guys, if they found something would share it, they didn't, they looked after 2020 um, and there's, you know, all these inconsistencies, these guys looked at it and said, Hey, and they had explanations that made sense. Um, and so I think Arizona is going to be fair. I do. Um, doesn't hurt. Again, one of those all red state legislative and governor states, right, that um, passed election reform, made it easier to ensure that illegal voting wasn't happening. So we don't have to worry as much about Arizona in that regard. Um, one thing that's helping Masters is the already, I don't want to say future star, already star of the Republican Party running for governor in Arizona, Carrie Lake. She's fantastic. Um, you know, she's not perfect. She made a comment about McCain a couple nights ago. I could have done without, you know, when she used to really be a big supporter of his because it's hers in the bag. I mean, everybody's pretty certain that she's going to destroy this milk toast lady Hobbs who won't even debate her. Hobbs is basically your super liberal shrew librarian. And I think she thought because she's got two democratic senators and Mark Kelly's popular, she was just going to roll, and they were going to they were going to pick that up from the Republicans. Carrie Lake's going to win. Carrie Lake Carrie Lake's going to win by like five, and that's going to help Masters. Now Arizona's become a split ticket state, like Colorado. So just because Lake wins by a big margin doesn't mean people are going to go right down and say, "Okay, I'm voting for Masters too." But it's going to help, and it might be a difference maker. This one could come down to like two thousand votes. And people in Arizona need to show up. The Republican base there is fired up. They do not like what's happening with the border and crime. And of course, inflation's hitting everybody. Um, I think I, I'm actually, oddly, it's Arizona. They're just more red than Pennsylvania. I'm more confident Masters beats Kelly than I am Oz actually getting the win or getting the seat in Pennsylvania. I'm going to put my money on Masters. People laugh at it still. They're so still so certain on the left that Kelly's going to beat Masters. I think it's a lean Republican. I think Masters has done what he needs to do. The guy has worked tirelessly for two months 
when money wasn't coming and he's earned it <clears throat> because of Kerry's popularity, the Republicans are more confident to say, okay, we've got a Republican candidate polling sometimes 7% over the favored Democrat coming in. Why not give this guy masters more money? Yeah, he's down by seven. This was a couple months ago. Now he's even. I mean, it's in toss-up territory. Kelly should be walking with this, but the border's killing him. Kelly's tried to shift the discussion to water issues, which they certainly have. Uh, you know, that, that issue, people in Arizona know that issue is going to be taken care of by state leaders and by cutting these lobbyists out of pushing for more real estate there because they, they're just running out of water. These areas that depend on Lake Mead, which is scary, scary low. Um, so let's put a W there for Masters. It's going to be close. I think he gets it. I think it's I think it's really due for Arizona and the Latino vote to push this one red. The Latinos are surging towards Republicans. There's been like a 27-point flip in a matter of months. And I think that's what puts it out over the top for Arizona. Now, Nevada's a fun one, too, because I think, you know, we've all – decided that Nevada was blue now and they didn't get any election reform passed and they they still have some questionable universal ballot um, stuff going on, but they don't have the COVID excuse. And that was a big one that helped the Democrats who run all of these counties put a fence around Republican observers. And it's why it was a, almost a landslide considering Nevada used to be kind of red heavily influenced by California. Lots of people from California move there and have moved there. And I don't think this is the case as much anymore, which is a good thing. But I think for many years, those Californians, although they were getting away from that insanely run state, they brought their politics with them. Clark County is where Vegas is. Um, and Adam Laxalt, who, man, it, you know, what a Senate candidate. This guy, he's, you know, he, He's known by the state. He used to be attorney general in Nevada. He's doing incredibly well in Clark County in polls. That's where the Democrats win, like liberal Las Vegas. Well, Las Vegas was hammered by COVID restrictions. It hasn't been that long. This is why we're hearing this bullshit about COVID amnesty. Hell no. It's not going to happen. And voters aren't, voters don't want to be in a position in Clark County to where they're worried about their jobs or certainly losing their jobs working for casinos, working for these massive multi-billion dollar companies that need them, they, they don't want to lose those jobs again for any reason. Um, I think it's looked very red now for a while, or at least slightly red. Politico hasn't even bothered doing an update since August, and they had it as a toss-up in August. I think um, I think Nevada goes, goes red um, for the Senate, um, and I think uh, Laxalt, is going to win it. And we need that one. There's, if we don't pull Nevada, then we're really hurting. You know, you lose Nevada, Pennsylvania, and don't get like a New Hampshire. Now Arizona and Georgia, even if we get them, it's going to be hard to get over 50 because 50-50 means sweet Kamala is the deciding vote. And that means the Democrats run all the committees. They still have that power that they have right now with that right down the middle, um, 50-50 Senate, well, that's when the vice president comes in and casts the deciding vote. That's how it works. Uh, so Nevada's us. I think Laxalt's going to win that one for the Senate. Um, I think Trafalgar has that. Um, looking at Trafalgar right now, he polled in October, late October, Laxalt almost at 50%. That's the big, you see somebody getting 50% plus in a poll, 
even if they're only up by two points, it's like being up by four, getting to 50 or over. It's really hard statistically. A good poll makes it hard for half the people polled to say, I'm definitely voting for that person, right? You get in the, you get in the 40s for both usually, and then you got a bunch of undecideds. There are not many undecideds in Nevada anymore, which I like. If I'm a challenger, I like that the undecideds are low. I really do. Um, in this case, you have him leading by almost four points, Laxalt, as of October. And I don't see Republicans losing ground in states like this as we've gotten closer to Election Day. They pulled, they, they released the poll October 27th. There haven't been any debates. Nevada, Nevada's been quiet. No Democrats are going, nor are any Republicans. And what's great is um, Lombardo, the governor, is probably going to win. He's polling at 50.9, almost 51% to 44% um, to the, the governor, um, uh, Sisolak. So Joe Lombardo is going to win governor of Nevada, which is great for the country to get a red state like that, at least in the governorship. <clears throat> now you got Laxalt. Um, he, I think he's going to win. So we'll move on from there. Uh, th- those are all the toss-ups that, that are legitimate toss-ups, according to the major media pundits. Now, Washington and Colorado. Um, Washington, you know, the fact that it's only a lean Democrat, right, and Tiffany Smiley is closing on famous Patty Murray is pretty crazy. Um, You know, it's not, uh, it's not, I think it's a toss-up, guys. I do. I don't think it's a lean anymore. Um, I, I think these are these are typical polling Democrat pollsters trying to basically, you know, avoid panic. And there's it is tactical for the Democrats to say something is just not likely in favor of their people, hoping that Republicans in Washington are like, oh, what does it matter? We're salt. It's like California. Why would we vote? Right? Why do it? Well, I can tell you, Washington, you should do it because Smiley is within 1% in the latest Trafalgar poll. That's, that's the number one performer, according to Real Clear Politics, in 2020, both presidential and Senate. Um, and here's an interesting one. And, and this, is, <laughs> this is where, um, where Trafalgar does so, so well, right? Um, you know, you pull Washington, they've got undecideds right now, 2.4%. Um, Seattle's a problem, right? That county, if Smiley, Tiffany Smiley picks up 10%, kind of does what Zelda needs to do in Manhattan areas in the Bronx, she's not going to win it, right? Her public's not going to win the Seattle area. But you get into there are a lot of independent voters there, and you get some Democrat registered people coming over and saying, "Hey, we're tired of this this crap. We don't want to be like San Francisco. We've already seen what's happening. It's you know we had this Chad, no government area. I mean, Seattle's seen a lot of craziness, and the economy's not good. Tourism's down. I think Smiley's got a shot. It's a toss up. Um, I wouldn't. I don't know, man. I think I think she's got a really good shot. I'd probably put money on her. That's a that's put it this way, if that those Virginia races I mentioned go one hundred percent three for three for Republicans, I think Smiley's winning in Washington. 
yeah, they're opposite ends of the country, but we're not that different. And when you have that many, you know, we have a big sample size. You start getting into Sorry, lost connection there, but um, yeah, Smiley's a fun one. I, I think she's going to pull it off. <sighs> not not quite as, I'm not quite as certain as I am with like a Masters in um, in Arizona, but I think New Hampshire, if you see Republicans win New Hampshire, and that one's called earlier in the night, you're in like 11, 11 o'clock Eastern time, then I think we can count on Washington. I mean, that's going to be... That's going to be another one. Ripple effect. Um, very fun to watch. And I think, um, you know, I think we're, I think we're going to have a good night at that point. You know, you got the governorship for New York um, slipping in favor of Zeldin on Trafalgar. It's airtight. 4% undecided. Man, these are going to be, these, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a tough one. But it's pretty exciting that Washington is in the game. And then the last one we can talk about is Michael Bennett um, looking to be a three-time, you know, full-term guy for the Democrats for the Senate? And you know, um, Colorado has just become more blue over the years. But I know Denver's had issues in the city. Same things with homelessness and crime. And um, you know, the midterm environment is very pro-Republican in Colorado right now. And you know, in August they had it as a lean. Democrat, not likely, lean. Colorado's a funny one. I don't think they're, I think it's very much a purple state and that favors a challenger in a midterm. Um, not going to, I wouldn't bet on Joe o- O'Day, the the Republican Senate candidate, candidate winning. But I'm, you know, I'm telling you, if you look at, if you look at um, 538.com, that's one to follow. Big Democrat pollster and has been, you know, they don't, they don't, they really are more uh, 538 and the guy that runs it, they are more an analytical organization, right? And they, they do analysis of polls and different things themselves on all kinds of things, sports and stuff. They're, they're out of Northern California um, and they are just, they're good for data. They've had a Senate tracker that looks at like 40,000 different points of data that has gone from being um, a 30% chance of the Senate going Republican. It was like 34, like a month and change ago. And now it's 55% in favor of the Republicans. And it shows that Republicans are much more likely than Democrats if they win to be in the 53, even 54 seat range. I mean, they have the Democrats as their their best chance by far is just to get to 51 which would be a one seat pickup somewhere like them you know getting north carolina or something like that i it's not you know, te- dare i say even talk about texas um beto's trying for governor he's down by nine there's no there's no senator up for re-election either cornyn or cruz but um you know colorado let's stay on that one i'm using 538 right now i'm scrolling all the way down who's ahead in each state now they have colorado as a blue win solid right now for um for bennett but trafalgar has bennett with only a two-point lead in colorado trafalgar would say bennett's gonna win um and you know emerson has it as a slaughter they're not that highly ranked though. So I'm looking at the top polls they looked at. 
for Colorado. I, I you know, I just wanted to talk about it because it's like Washington. It's one of the two that are lean Democrat, not likely. And O'Day has trended up um, for a while now. The problem is Bennett has a little bit too. And Bennett's polling um, average right now is 51%. And, but there's a lot of Democrat pollsters in there that have heavily, heavily weighted polls in favor of Bennett. Um, I think Bennett's likable. That's a problem too. Um, so, you know, when you get into it, I mean, even, you know, you look at all the polls, um, he's at 50%, that magic number in a lot of them. Now, you know, Marist has him by seven. Um, you know, there's, there's these Republican polls, um, have him closer. The only one that's bothered with Colorado that I like is Trafalgar. Um, Trafalgar had between September 20th and September 24, Trafalgar had it as 49 Bennett, 43 O'Day. Today, Trafalgar has it 48, 46. And this was October 30 to November 1. So for three days, they went back and they pulled a large sample. Um, 1,084 as compared to these others that have Bennett winning by a lot. They're in the six, seven, eight hundred range. So bigger sample size, O'Day does better. Um, very consistent. Trafalgar did the same thing they did in September. So they waited two months, a little over two months. So O'Day's going in the right direction as of last week. Uh, I like that. I mean, he's within the margin of error. Um, I, you know, I don't think Republicans had a personality they thought they could send to Colorado to pull independence. I think they're just letting O'Day do his thing. He's likable. So Bennett is too. This will definitely be a direction of the country vote. Um, you know, if I had to bet, I'd bet on Bennett. But, um, man, I, I think Colorado is going to be, if I had to, if you said, you have to guess right now for your life, I'd say it's going to be a close loss for us. It's going to be a really impressive performance. And that it puts Colorado closer in play for the Republicans for president in uh, 2024. So, I hope I didn't miss anything. Like I just, I touched on Texas, you know, I mean, you know, all of this, you know, goes out the window if, um, if we have a, uh, early sweep for Republicans early in the night, Virginia, you get New Hampshire, then I'm telling you what, um, there, there's some crazy stuff that could happen. Right. I mean, you know, Politico and some of these guys, they've stayed away from Oregon for a while. Um, I mean, it was solid Democrat over the summer. Right. I mean, then why why even bother? Well, Portland's a problem. Um, you got you got you know, Oregon's got plenty of Republican counties. It's, you know, look at that one just to see how close it is if we get some early victories in the night, because polling's struggled in some regards, and no one's really focusing on Oregon on either side. You just kind of pencil that one in like California, right? Um, You know, a fun one to watch, too. I don't think she's going to win, but the candidate Republican running against AOC is hilarious. Lady is from the Bronx, attractive. She's got tattoos. 
Uh, I donated some money to her. Um, she's she's been busting her hump. You know, it, it's it's the Bronx, Manhattan. I mean, AOC is going to win it, but I'm curious to see how close um, how close she comes. Her name's Tiffany or something. I mean, she's she's fantastic. You should look her up. Um, drawing a blank on her name. Um, Wisconsin, I should have talked about before I go. I mean, Ron Johnson's strongly favored to win. I think that one's going to be a little closer, not for comfort. I think he's going to win by two to three. Uh, they went after him hard. You go back You go back to September, October range, they were polling dead even, he and his candidate. This guy Barnes. Um, Barnes is super-duper left wing. Um got a strange first name I can't remember but he he's hardcore radical liberal and I think the Republicans did a great job of just showing that um you know Johnson's made some comments about whether or not he'd respect the win uh, these guys take the bait these Republicans just say yes yes I'll support the result just say it absolutely just be dismissive about it. If, if you end up not because things have changed, you can come back and say, yeah, at the time I thought it was going to be a fair election. But a bunch of shady shit happened in Milwaukee again, and uh, we're looking into it. So I'm not going to concede yet because I only lost by 1,000 or 2,000. But why these guys, these Republicans, when these liberal, mouth-breathing, you know, soldiers for communism in the media... Ask him, will you respect the outcome? Trump did it. It's like, yes, absolutely. Next question. What? He said something like, you know, I'm not sure. Me, I'm looking at me. Probably, whatever. It was just definitely gave them something to run with to try to poke holes in a guy that should walk with this pretty easily right now. So I'm definitely, um, definitely going to say he's going to win. Ron Johnson, I, I don't think he helps his governor counterpart, um, uh, Michaels. You know, T- Tony Evers is really well known for mostly bad reasons from my perspective in Wisconsin. He's one of the, he was the super liberal um, attorney general. He's a um, Obama campaign guy, if I remember. It's, this guy, this guy is just a horse's ass when you hear him talk about things. Everybody's a victim. Everything's racist. Um, but t- Tim Michaels is, is like right there. So, um, you know, if Johnson wins by four, then I think we have a Republican governor in Wisconsin too. And boy, will that be interesting. That That's huge. I mean, Long term, let's say we take if we take the Senate and we get fifty one or fifty two even, but we lose Johnson. I'm I'm fine with that if we somehow win governor in Wisconsin, because Wisconsin has a Republican state legislature. So what does that mean, folks? That means election reform, voter ID laws in Wisconsin overnight. That's one of the first things they'll do. Strong red Republican state legislature, but they had Tony Evers standing in the way as a Democrat governor. Same with Michigan, right? Uh, Whitmer is close, right? So I guess I'm going to keep going. You know, turn it off anytime you want. Um, but, you know, Michigan, 
has Whitmer on 538. They think she has an 89% chance of winning. Um, I mean, you know, uh, I don't know. You know, Trafalgar a month ago has it within one, right? So that's pretty close. Now, I don't know if they plan on doing another one, but Megan Whitmer is not popular um, at all because of COVID and because of her inconsistencies. So um, Dixon, Dixon's a good candidate, and I think you got a shot. And again, the same situation in Michigan, Republican state legislature, you get a strong Republican governor, election reforms will happen, and that will include Milwaukee County. So that's where Detroit is. Almost slipped or shifted into Michigan. The, the county where Detroit is is Milwaukee County, if I remember correctly. And um, a lot of shady stuff went on there in Detroit. A lot during ballot counting. All those things that those people did after hours will be illegal. The ballots accepted without ID will not be accepted. They will pass the same thing Arizona and Georgia did in Wisconsin or Michigan if those Republican governors win. So watch that. I think we got Johnson. Um, I just don't know if his personality and popularity is enough to pull um, the Republican over the line uh, for for governors. But, you know, fun times, right? Um, Someone told me Biden was going to go to New Mexico. Uh, I think that's just giving the old man something to do where he can't do any damage. New Mexico is too blue. Um, you know, the, of course, the only the only guys, dang man, I mean, you know, it's a governor's race there, and it, it's pretty interesting, right? Lujan Grisham, heavily favored, 85% when you look at 538's analysis of all the polls. But, you know, um, Ron Chetty, has that personality, he gets attention, and good old Trafalgar had him winning by one. I didn't see Robert Cahaley make any calls on this one, um, but that would be interesting. <laughs> That'd be crazy. I don't even know what the state legislature makeup in New Mexico is. But, um, you know, that one's kind of like Ohio and Florida for the Democrats. It's not not really battleground, never really was. It just went, you know, in the last 20 years, it just went blue. But... Um, uh, something to watch, you know, thanks for, for listening to what was an extended show. I wanted to go through all of that and I'm sorry about how it might sound. Um, right now, if I'm predicting overall, I think we get 51 seats in the Senate, the most exciting outcome and where there is some decent possibility is 54. Why is 54 so important? 54 would not only give us control of the Senate, but it eliminates the Collins, Romney, and um, oh, what's her name up in Alaska? Murkowski. Collins, Murkowski, and Romney are your moderate, um, anti-Trump, sort of anti-trend Republicans, right? Those three, if we have 51, those are three votes we're just not going to be able to count on or support for legislation that the Republicans want to put on Biden's desk and put pressure on him to sign. Romney loves that. This is Romney's vengeance. Probably felt like he didn't get enough support in 2012. Thought he should be, all these guys, 
like him and Jeb Bush, they think they should they were ready to be the nominees again um, in 2016. Romney doesn't like how he was treated by Trump, and he basically looks at the Republicans as the Trump party. Murkowski and Collins have always just been, you know, proud to be moderates, milk toast. Murkowski only wins because of that whack election set up in Alaska. She's never going to get close to 50% of Alaskans supporting her. It's a joke. So, you know, it's got Alaska, Maine, and Utah. Utah has gotten weird. You know, you see drag shows in places like Provo now in these restaurants, which is beyond me. I mean, it's a college town, but still. So, you know, Utah's gotten enough of these milk toast Californians, these granola people moving out there and, and screwing things up. And Romney, Romney's always been just kind of a contrarian. So we need to get to 54 if we really want to see a lot get done. But 51 is fantastic. If he offered it to me now, I'd take it. I'd be like, okay, you can have 51 right now. Like a plea bargain. I'd be like, yes. You take it. You take the Senate. You focus on what we can do in Washington to set things up for a Republican win in 2024. They're going to, I mean, the rhetoric, it, the, the hypocrisy of these scumbags on the left is amazing. They tried They tried to get Nancy Pelosi's husband's, um, Paul's, you know, Paul Pelosi's boyfriend, Framed as a Republican operative, this operative, this guy's a nudist, living in Berkeley from Canada. Shut up. All right. I mean, some kind of right winger. The whole case, it's all weird. Never saw one press conference from the hospital, updating on Paul Pelosi's health. No one's seen him. No one's seen body cam footage. And NBC had to completely pull its report the night of when they said that someone unidentified was around and that Paul Pelosi let the cops in. So the whole thing's crazy. The suspect is in custody. He's not appearing in court. Um, I'm, it's San Francisco. Who knows what Paul Pelosi and Nancy Pelosi's relationship like, like but Paul Pelosi's the guy that just got pulled over for driving drunk. Got, you can you imagine if he got attacked by some, some guy he picked up like, uh, my God, you know, I mean, who knows if it's the guy they arrested? Um, there's deep state stuff involved in some regard in this one. So it's going to get crazy. They're accusing Republicans of bad rhetoric when Carrie Lake's office was just mailed a suspicious package, right? We got a congressman in North Carolina, former Green Beret's parents had a shot. I mean, all kinds of attacks. They're all going towards Republicans. You got cheating now. I mean, you got one election person... Um, poll worker that was helping people, air quotes, and she was marking straight Democrat, basically elderly people. What the hell? It might have been Florida. I'm just tired. I didn't like looking at it. It's just, but they want to talk about, oh, democracy's at stake. First of all, democracy is the election. There is, I, you know, I didn't see the words, there was no democracy on the ballot. So those are talking points. They've gone out. Democrats are, well, when they come together on a talking point, they do. It's everybody. You had a historian talking about kids getting killed and arrested if they don't win next week on MSNBC. So they have they have slipped into straight jacket mode. Um, it makes the win really enjoyable if we get it. So this will be the last... <laughs> seems like yesterday I was doing this before the 2020 election. Um, I felt pretty good about that one. I'll say I feel better about this one. I think the House is ours. Um, if we win the Senate... The House forecast is going to go up by three or four or even five over what we're saying. 
I'd say it could be a record night, but there was an election hundred-something years ago that was some hammer for one party. If you take that anomaly out, I think we could have a record House win. Kevin McCarty is going to be McCarty is going to be the speaker. I mean, I don't absolutely love the guy as a Republican, but hey, seeing Nancy Pelosi hand somebody else the gavel, we've already gotten to see it once. Looking forward to it. Wouldn't it be better if McConnell had took the gavel back from Schumer? Oh, I don't want McConnell, by the way. I'd love for someone else to step up, but they'll they'll put Mitch in as the Senate Majority Leader. Um, fine, you know the turtles. The turtle will be fine. Let's hope. Let's pray. Um, you know, who knows when you'll listen to this, if it's before or after the election. Um, we'll see. Excited about this. Uh, what could be in, you know, what will be starting in 24 hours. And I think we're going to learn a lot that night. Bear with it because we're not going to learn everything. And let's just pray it's not, it doesn't all hinge on like one state like Pennsylvania because that'll, that'll be stressful for all of us. And it will be a news cycle that will be intolerable. God bless you all. Sorry about for that interruption. And um, again, we'll be back next time, possibly uh, with with a little bit better sound. I will be in the studio area for sure next week. Take care, everybody, and I will talk to you soon.